That's a question that everyone needs to know the answer to. Welcome back to Range Anxiety. It's a solo session. It's your midweek. It's I'm your host with the most, uh, Martin Don, getting back to you with my, you know, 24 minutes of automotive bullshit spanning 30 years, um, if I haven't already said that. And thank you to Kermit, the little green dude there with <clears throat> Rainbow Connection, you know. Because today we're, we're talking about something to do with, like, little green men that root pigs. Um, sorry, Miss Piggy. That was a bit nasty, wasn't it? But, uh, yeah, there's lovers, there's dreamers, and there's me and all of them under the spell. All I want is a dino curve. So today, we're talking about dino days. First up, in more breaking news, um, I've been heavily criticised in some of my, uh, well, it sort of balances out. Like, you never read the comments, according to Joe Rogan. But getting a few comments saying that when I'm solo, I'm just a grumpy old bastard. A grumpy old man. Not much fun to listen to, be around, talk to. But when I'm with, hey, babe, or whatever other loser I have um, next to me, apparently I'm fine. So what's going on there? You know, uh, I consulted, I reached out. Uh, to a few of the people that uh, helped me with this Epicast. One of them, Justin, said to me, he said, look, Martin, you're just telling it how you've seen it, so don't change a thing. If people don't like it, that's their problem, not yours. So, yep, jam it up your bum. I'm staying grumpy when I'm solo. However, however, um, you know, yeah, actually, we, we did have a little legal issue with... um the language of Brian McArdle, but it, we've sorted that out now. Um, you know, we might have to buy a social media platform or something to get some of those comments erased. However, today we're talking about dino days. Does anyone remember those things? You know, I was so lucky to have been around uh, the very first computerized uh, PC-based dino dynamics dino in South Australia. Good mate of mine, Mark Tilbrook, bought it way back in the day. I reckon it was Oh, 95, we went over to Melbourne and he spent a shit ton of money back then buying this, you know, computerized Dino Dynamics Dino. And what a good thing that was. So being the first, uh, plenty of people wanted to come and line up and be part of it. And this whole Dino Day thing started. So what is a Dino Day? I think, you know, much like a legal case here, we'll get on with the definition side of it first. A bit like writing in Cobalt, where you define the Cobalt, where you... Uh, define the variables in the environment section. There you go for all you old uh, nerd hackers out there. Um, Dino Day is where a bunch of flogs, flat earthers, fans and fuckheads get together with their cars and have a dick measuring competition, right? So basically what happens is everyone puts their car on a dyno and everyone watches each other's cars run up and uh, they get a printout and they pay like, a reduced rate uh, for this activity. So, you know, where a, a dyno run would normally be $120, you know, if, if there's like 30 or 40 cars entered into a dyno now, 50 cars or something, it'll only be $50, you know, because they're getting so much money, so much throughput. Actually, there's not, I can tell you this, having done a few of them over the years, there is not a cracker to be made out of running dyno days. It's just a flog fest. 
And in fact, as we'll get on to towards the end, it ends up costing you money. It's not a good thing, boys and girls. Don't be one or, or run them yourselves. If you've got a dyno, keep it for your own use and uh, use it for what it's intended to be, which is a tuning tool. Right, so dyno days never end well. Normally when you, when you have one, you try and get like uh, a similar bunch of cars together. So, you know, I used to have a lot of Holden, LS1, Chev, Commodore, whatever, dyno days, or there would be specific Ford ones, or then there were sp uh, specific Nissan, you know, Skyline owners. Uh, we had the SAU, Skyline Australia forums we, we had. We had some Nissan Sylvia type stuff. I think they were just invited. Because everyone likes to sort of hang out and, and talk shit with people that own cars that are just like theirs, you know. They don't want to be seeing all these different makes and models, or, or rarely do they. They like to talk shit with people they know. The problem comes with the fact that dinos are a, a tuning tool, not a, a speed measurement tool. That's where the problem starts. Someone always leaves unhappy. Always will be someone that thinks they had more than they've actually got. And, you know, because they might have had their car tuned at a different shop or whatever, um, with a different type of dyno that reads differently and the vehicle was strapped differently, wah, 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 it reads, it reads differently. So the first thing that happens is that everyone kind of shuts their mouth on the day and pays their money. And you can see some people are looking disappointed when they get their printout or whatever. But give it about 48 hours and then the shit starts on social media because there's a lot of dyno experts out there in the world that have never used one, but they know all about them because they've watched every YouTube video and, you know, read every forum. Home tuners in particular. Well, at least they don't have any, you know, they don't have any you know, preconceived idea of what their car's going to do on a dyno because they don't actually believe in them in the first instance. But yeah, someone always leaves and then it's like, oh, these guys don't know how to run a dyno. These guys don't know how to, you know, set up my car. And the bullshit starts and then the slagging starts and the comments start and it's just all shit. So the problem is a lot of shops, I mean, I won't, if you ask me, if you paid me, I will no longer have a dyno day on the premises. The reasons for, for that, Powertech tuning, I'll get on to later. Um, but there are some very good, very sensible reasons. I don't need people measuring their dick uh, over a piece of paper. Uh, track times and, and results are uh, where it's at. Not some piece of paper. So what happens is a lot of shops, if they're not, you know, if they're not been in this a long time, they look at the chance of getting say 50 people there, 25 new ones that haven't been on their dyno before. There's 25 new tune touch-ups or new tunes that they can sell. And this is where they get it all wrong. Because I can tell you now, having hosted a dozen dyno days over the years and probably been to about 50, you wouldn't get me to one anymore because you know I have much better things to do like count the gravel or pick up leaves in my garden. Um, postage stamp would like to hear that. He's big into gravel counting. Um, they look at it as a way to make money, and you can't do that because what happens is they start to become a little bit unscrupulous. Now, have you ever seen 
a dyno day uh, where it's got shop cars. It's at a tuning shop where the shop cars didn't win. I'm sure it's happened. Now, our shop cars always used to win because they, you know, they, they had a, an extra $200,000 spent on them over anyone else's at the time. Today, that might be a little bit more difficult because, you know, 2,000 horsepower yesterday's 1,000 horsepower. And, and again, that, that provides some big issues in itself. But I've sat there and I've watched shops deliberately make their cars read high. Now, they're not being totally dishonest. They're just trying to be the best version of themselves that they can. But you'll notice that some people's cars will be strapped harder than others. Some people's car, their own cars will be left that tiny bit loose to get up on that front roller and remove, you know, the inertia, the, the energy required to spin the rear roller, which is calculated or factored into the, uh, <laughs> into the conversion, uh, power conversion. You see, you won't see too many dyno days done on hub dynos because it just takes too bloody long to set every car up. You know, we're getting it down to a bit of a fine art now, like a knack at Powertech Tuning, where, you know, 10, 10 12, 15 minutes, you've got a car on the dyno. But, you know, you, you put that across 30 cars, you know, you're spending all day unbolting and bolting cars off the dyno. So rollers are, are really um, the only place you can actually hold a dyno day because it's quick on, quick off, and... Much to most shops' delight, it's very easy to vary figures because the dyno's not being used for what it's meant to be used for. It's not being used for a tuning tool. It's being used for a dick measurement device. So, you know, those chocks being that little bit forward or the straps being that little bit looser will make, you know, up to 5% difference, 10% difference in some instances. And it can be manipulated, and it is. So... While it's basic human nature that most operators are going to want to do this, what it means is that for a dyno day, you don't read anything at all into the results. Now, that's a shit thing, or one of the shit things about dyno days. There are actually some really um, good things. I'm wearing my positive hat, so anyone that says I'm negative can just fuck off now. I'm um, putting my positive hat on. It is a really good way to catch up with people that you haven't seen for a long time. That is a really cool thing uh, about dyno days. Um, and, you know, if you're not taking it seriously and you just pay your 50 bucks or whatever it is, and sometimes I look at a lot of people that go there don't even put their car on the dyno. They just go there to be, you know, dyno experts and hang out with their mates. That's pretty cool too, right? But <sighs> rarely is there a tune sold out of a dyno day. It happens. But rarely is there a tune sold out of a dyno day that hasn't cost you two with, um, you know, just general negativity and, and badness from people on social media. Now, before social media and before everyone on social media was a dyno expert, dyno days were pretty cruisy and pretty fun. Like, you know, when I was first starting out in the LS1 tuning game back in, and this is how old it is, how old I am, back in like 2000 when the cars were two years old here in Australia, or even a year old, if that, um, you know, we would drive to Melbourne from Adelaide. We would drive 500 miles, like, you know, 800 kilometres to Melbourne to attend a, a dyno day and drive home in the afternoon. In fact, we would drive all around the country to go to some of the bigger events, like the fabled um, Holden versus Ford shows that um, the Rutgers family used to hold. 
Chiyo, you used to do a great job of those. There was some fantastic shit that went on there. And some big power cars. And of course, the, the ultimate of, of all of them was Summonat's Horsepower Heroes at Exhibition Park in, in Canberra. Now, I haven't been to Summonat's for, I don't know, 10, 12, 14 years. And seriously, I don't miss it. it it's, it's a bit of a flog fest. But those days were kind of pretty cool because it was when... You know, I saw the first person break a thousand horsepower there. Now, was it, um, oh, who was it? Was it Judge or Blowen? It was one of them. I, I'm not sure. I reckon it was both of those guys. Sadly, um, without mentioning names, are no longer with us. So that, that's pretty shit form, pretty sad. But, you know, I was there to see the first thousand horsepower, you know, and it was like, wow. You know, centrifugal blower, vortex, and then twin turbos. There to see that turbo thing take over. I saw the magic, magic fight. It wasn't like a punch up, but it, it was pretty close. When someone with a twin turbo VH uh, got accused of having nitrous, hidden nitrous on it to make the power because of the, the shape of the power curve. Now, I made a minor tune to that car at the time. So I, I, I kind of knew it didn't have, I mean, I didn't know, but. I knew it didn't have nitrous in my own head, and we all found out afterwards. There was like, you know, thousand bucks put down on the table as a protest. You're running nitrous, you're cheating, and the inlet manifold got ripped off in front of everyone. It was, it was just great ass shit, you know. It was, those were the days when dinos were cool, and it was, what was it? Rage in a cage, you know, because they put cages and shit around the car, so that when bits invariably came flying off them and they wouldn't shred through the crowd and cut everyone's fucking heads off. Which brings me to my next point, why dino days are not a good idea. Shit goes wrong on dinos. Now, when it was a bolt-on LS1 or, you know, a little supercharger or, you know, something small on it with seven or eight pounds of boost, it, there wasn't much dangerous, you know, uh, about being sort of in the same room as the dino. It wasn't... It wasn't that bad. But you see, with today's 2,000 horsepower being uh, yesterday's 1,000 horsepower, shit has the ability to go wrong so fast and so badly, and the resulting you know, accident can be so big that anyone in the same vicinity, in the same room, can end up dead very, very fast. Now, you run that past your insurance company before uh, you decide to hold a dino day and you'll get some pretty uh, negative feedback. And no one wants to go to a dino day and have to stand 100 metres away, right? They want to sit there like cockheads right next to the engine bay, not realising that they could die, Right? instantly they might not feel too much like i've had other things i think we've covered this before right but i've had wheel weights come off and shoot through iron cladding like a bullet you know imagine the centrifugal speed of you know the wheels doing your know, vehicles doing 200 220 240 up to 260 kilometers or 240 kilometers an hour in the dyno and a big lead wheel weight like a bloody fishing sinker comes loose it's got a lot of stored energy, hasn't it? And it's got to dissipate it somewhere. And that's either against the wall, into another car, or into your head or body. And if it hits you, you're dead. It's that simple. 
So what business owner is going to be interested in putting their entire livelihood and their business on the line so that some flog can have a dino sheet? You see, this is what it comes down to. And, you know, people can say, oh, H&S and safety and all of this shit has got out of control. And look, it has a bit, but I think there's some really, uh, really valid reasons for this one. And imagine, I, I actually ran this past the book club members. They are a source of some of my material these days because they're so naive about cars, some of them. You know, apart from Jeremy Mack or Tuffy, he's basically an automotive genius and a guru. But you've got guys like Tone that are there saying, you know, I don't want to be at a dyno day unless I can stand right next to the engine. But why would you? You know? And I said, would you go to another dyno day? He goes, absolutely. I mean, this is like a a 40-something-year-old or 50-year-old man that would go to a dyno day, whereas you would have to get me in a lasso or in a headlock and put something around my neck and drag me kicking and screaming. Maybe because that's I'm old and, and grumpy and work around cars. But let me tell you, boys and girls, dyno days aren't fun. Let's use dynos to tune Cars get results. You hear my, oh, I might have to go back for warranty. My Telstra seat is squeaking. That wasn't my tummy, ladies and gentlemen. That was the seat. Um, you know, let's all have social meets at the tracks. Now, I, I'm organising one. I'm trying to organise a roll racing versus um, drag racing the next day when, when uh, at the bend, when the drag strip opens. I think we'll be able to do something like that for the book, book club guys. And let's see, man, they're going to have to drive. A long way to get there, but some of them will stay at the track and others, you know, will camp with a shovel on their roof. Um, but that would be a really cool thing to do because social aspects of cars are where it's cool, where you can enjoy them, look at them, watch them blow up and have the soul leak out from under the bonnet. That's a really cool thing to be doing with cars, not standing there sucking in fumes using something that's a tuning device as a argument device, right? Dinos are best done in private, behind closed doors uh, for individual customers to get them an individual result at the track, not to be a penis extension or measurement society congregation. Right, so we've finished that. Dino days, no good. Don't ask me for one. Been to lots. Would I go again? No way. So, what else is new? Well, oh, actually, before I get off dino days, um, Tone did say the only time he would ever be scared at a dino day is if there was a Telstra on the dino because not only will it explode and burn itself down, also burn down uh, the shop it's in, all of the cars that are in it and the surrounding uh, neighbouring 10 buildings. He's probably right. So there you go. Take it from tone. Don't go, particularly if there's a Telstra there, because if it pocket dials itself, it could end up in calamity. So speaking of Telstra things, we can never have an Epicast without, you know, talking about Telstra or Tesla for a bit, because um, it is called range anxiety. So, you know, it is about battery stuff. So get over it if you don't like it. But the order page has just opened for the semi. Now, the semi is an incredible bit of gear, the Tesla semi. Uh, 
in Australia right now, our trucking operators are going to get, or they're getting, that some of them don't know it yet, the big boys know, some of the smaller operators don't realise, is they're getting screwed royal at the moment because they've lost all their ability to claim their, their, their fuel levy back off their tax. So all of a sudden, uh, their trucks are going to be like 10, 15% more expensive to run. And a lot of them are in signed up supply contracts with major change. So they can't uh, vary their operating price. So a lot of transport's going to go to the wall here because of all of the stupid bullshit that that hobobe and I talked about that's going on with diesel and the supply demand, da 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 da. I mean, diesel is stinky shit. It's never been any good and it's not any good and thankfully it's going. But easing out diesel, oh my goodness gracious me, there is going to be so much pain for so little gain. And a lot of people are going to lose their businesses and livelihoods and stuff because of the greed and corruption that is going on at the top end of town in uh, the fuel supply business. Again, this is not your operators at your local service station. Uh, this is the cartels, OPEC, etc., at OWL that are running this entire thing and, you know, dancing on uh, the fact that Russian supply is barely limited right now. So the semi's going to come through. And, you know, every expert on the internet, including mates of mine that know a little bit about electric cars, it's never going to work. It's not going to happen. Pigs buttocks. The semi is and will be a revelation. It will be fully loaded. You know, it's a class two or something. So it's not like you can't have six trailers behind it full of pigs, dogs and beer and drive to Darwin flat out. But let's face it, who bloody wants to? Just keep paying for the diesel if you want to do that. But it will pull a full load. It will pull a full load, mark my words, with the 4680 tablets and cells and four Model 3 performance motors, probably rears, probably carbon wrapped. Ooh, but single-sided. One controlling each wheel. I reckon they'll be four-wheel drive or maybe six. This thing with at, at you know 30 ton or 50 ton or whatever they can do, will do 500 miles, 800 kilometres of range. It will be able to go from Adelaide to Melbourne without a stop. And when it gets to where it's stopping, what happens with a truck? You unload it with forklifts and many people and, you know, loading bays and docks and that. I don't know. I'm just guessing here. But like I said, I've got mates in trucking. Normally takes like an hour or two to unload these things. Guess what it's going to do in an hour or two through a mega charger? Not a supercharger, boys and girls. It's a mega charger. It's going to charge again. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take a bit of engineering expertise and a bit of um, real know-how to stuff that much electricity into a pack at that rate of time. And it's going to be have to have a super high-voltage architecture. I'm thinking maybe, oh, let me guess here. 800 to 1200 volts, maybe not 800, maybe higher, so it can accept super duper charge speeds. But it's going to be a really exciting time, and these things are going to whistle down the road without really even hearing them, apart from the tire noise and a little bit of like Jetson's, you know, power pack or power unit noise. It's going to be the coolest shit that's ever happened, done by the coolest automotive company to have ever existed. Now, that's going to get you all going. So what I want you to do is send me your feedback and tell me on the vlog. 
to DTECH, D-T-E-C-H, at S-E-N-E-T, S-E-N-E-T dot com dot A-U. And thank you once more for listening to Judy Garland, uh, The Wizard of Oz, and Range Anxiety.